break them. where we usually talk about teen superhero teams and why we love them, but it's just me, Charlie. I don't have a Reed and I don't have a Mikey with me. Um, and we haven't had some regular episodes in quite a while, but that's okay because I found a bunch of friends to help me record a podcast about the thing we all have in common here, which is X-Men. So they're just kind of all waiting in the background, waiting to pounce on me. So I'm going to get to it. <laughs> as you may know i have a circle of friends we all have podcasts it's kind of a strange situation but that's the way it is so first i'm going to introduce my friend dan Grote. so dan why don't you tell everybody why you're here this is like a game show suddenly i'm sorry <laughs> hi uh i'm dan Grote. i'm here because charlie politely asked me to be and uh <laughs> i i am the uh, editor and publisher of wmqcomics.com i run the podcast wmq a with my co-host matt lazowitz uh, we talk about comics interview creators every week and uh, i'm here because i uh like many of the other people on this uh podcast i think way too much about x-men that's that's extremely fair uh <laughs> it's, it's extremely fair um and uh, how about you, Chris? You've been on our podcast before, but maybe never in this capacity exactly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think last time I was on, I was talking about the Power Rangers, possibly. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Edelman. Uh, I uh, host a podcast called Chris is on Infinite Earths with my wife, Christy. But I think the main reason I'm on here is I'm one of the co-authors of Hawkspox Talks, which is <laughs> a annotation of House of X and Powers of X the first installment of which came out a couple days ago as of this recording, and it's been somewhat well-received, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, um, mild discourse, which I'm happy about. Um, I'm just going to think everybody else is happy about that, too. And Mm -hmm. Adam has also been here before, so Adam, why don't you tell the listeners all about yourself? Oh, hello, everybody. I'm (laughs) Adam Reck. And I just wandered through a uh, a Krakoa portal, and I just ended up here. And uh, you know me, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm co-host of uh, every X Men Monday Battle of the Atom, and I am the uh, writer and artist behind the web comic Bish and Jubes. And uh, oh, I'm excited to talk about some hawks and some pox, people. Yeah, not just hawks and pox, but yes. Yeah. But and docs. some docs and uh, and some talks about some hox pox and docs and I, I think I brought my co-host with me here. Yeah, I think you did. You did. You did. Uh, I'm Zach Jenkins. You may know me from such hits as Which X Men Vape. Uh, Goodness, that's about it. Honestly, let's be let's be real. Uh, you may also have seen me as the co-host of Battle of the Atom. The editor-in-chief of XavierFiles.com. I think core personality uh, is probably the... As if I was some sort of AI. I think that's probably the better way to describe it. Uh, And I am definitely uh, 
definitely a little compromised in discussion as I am a co-star of this comic book. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. God. Your name does appear in this book. It yes. does. And Jordan White definitely confirmed that that was intentional. <laughs> no, sure did. he did not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> we'll send you he this. liked several tweets about it. We'll send you this yeah, that's, good it. As gold. that's as good as gold. And I told him, Jordan, never tell me. Never tell me anything else. Let me live in this dream. <laughs> well, goodness gracious. Well, there, you, there yeah, but... you have it. That's that's the end of our podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so last week, uh, I think we'd all been waiting for it at least since C two E two, which uh, got a front row. Me and Chris and Zach got a front row seat to Jonathan Hickman's. I got a front row seat. You guys got a back row seat next to a stinky sexist. <laughs> yes. Yes. He was, in fact, and that's not even like a, Zach isn't just calling him stinky. He was very stinky and also a sexist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He actively booed when uh, CB said Captain Marvel was the strongest hero. He booed. And I wanted to reach over and just punch him in the face. But that's fine. I didn't do that. Or I would have gotten thrown out. Um, in any case. Look. They would have understood. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> causes disruption at X-Men panel. Um, in any case, I've been waiting for it for a while, and Marvel actually decided they wanted to market this one, um, <laughs> strangely enough. Um, but, like I said a little bit briefly before, um, the reception to this ha- has been overall, from what I've seen, like very, very positive. So I wanted to get your guys's impression about house of x number one um so we'll just kind of like go around in a circle um about it i'm not going to start first so we'll start in the same order so dan why don't you why don't you let me know how you felt about it sure thing uh yeah i mean this is definitely uh you know uh at the risk of of plugging the live action aladdin in theaters now i think maybe still a whole new world No, but I mean, I, I mean, like from from jump, like you open the first page and there are are glyphs and brackets, and it's like, okay, we're in a Hickman comic, all right. Um, oh, there are charts on charts on charts on charts on charts. Ten the man invented his own alphabet codex. I, I, okay, but he's done that like five <laughs> times. I, I know, I, I know, but I, I guess this, this is the the first time for me because I, I didn't read through like his Avengers run. I haven't read East of West or Manhattan Projects. Seems easy. So, yeah. Uh, I should do that. It's real good. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I believe it. You know, it, it it's not out of, you know, it wasn't not read with malicious intent. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I I kind of. Are we all kind of in agreement? Like the one thing that I picked up on, like like when is this actually taking place? There's there's a line in one of the files that seems to indicate like this is a year after the end of Uncanny Twenty Two. Yeah, there's a time jump. Yeah, that's yeah. what it seems like. That's another Hickman trick. Yep. Yeah, that's a trickman. A trickman. <laughs> hey, this is where we co Yeah, you uh, jumping into in media res. I mean, it is. <laughs> Apparently, something that Jonathan Hickman likes to do. This is my uh, dipping my toes in for the first old time. Um, but I like stories that start in media res. I think it gives you more to work with. Um, but then you do have to do a little bit of back building. But. Mm-hmm. This kind of did in an interesting way, though. Um, I mean, I guess we should let Dan, Dan finish before. I was about to go off on like a two-minute tangent. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, you know, I mean, honestly, I love the issue uh, overall. I think it did a lot to build the world while at the same time leaving there to be, you know, plenty of mystery about how the hell exactly we got to this point. And, you know, I'm sure we all have our theories about that, which we'll get to. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on board. Yeah. I mean, same. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. Chris, Chris, is now your time to shine, buddy. Oh, sure. Um, I uh, really enjoyed this comic. Um, so last uh, last week I saw a meme where someone was drawing anthrop- anthropomorphic tomatoes. And uh, I, I, this is going to this. There's a point to this. Um, and one of the tomatoes was called the beef master. And it was just this really beefy tomato. And I feel like if this comic was a tomato, it would be the beef master <laughs> because there just had a lot to it. Uh, you know, if I were a TV judge like a minute ago, I, I, I would have definitely said you better be going somewhere with this counselor. <laughs> right. Sustained, sustained. Um, yeah. It, uh, it, I had to immediately read it again. And that's not just because I, you know, wrote pages and pages about it. Um, I just immediately wanted to go back and see kind of, I didn't feel like it did anything like that. I missed from the beginning, but I was like, wow, there's just a lot of information that I learned by the end of it that I kind of wanted to go back and think about it again with that information in mind. Um, it's interesting though, in that a lot of times, uh, these, the charts in a Hickman comic, I feel like go at the end, almost as an appendix. These were literally like implanted in the middle of story beats at like appropriate moments, which I think was a really interesting way of doing it. So we, they like, for example, right after they talk about the drugs, it's like, here they are. And then here's the portals. And then, well, well, they're, they're scene dividers is what they, they are. Yeah, they, they are. It, it's a trick that he pulls on, like, Black Monday murders, uh, where to add emphasis to a point that was made in the previous scene, or to recontextualize it, he'll go through and say, and here's a data page, here's, like, some emails between some people, or here is this map or this chart that gives you the idea of, there's more here than you know, but I'm not going to take the time to have the characters exposition dump this because that's boring. I'm going to present this information in a unique and fun way for you to kind of pick at it and sort it out and solve this puzzle by yourself. Yeah, it's like his loading screens. It's an AR. We're we're playing an ARG. We're playing a game. It's like it's Hickman ARG. <laughs> playing a late nineties JRPG. It's a fully interactive inline Hickman ARG. It's like it's like Mist. Mikey told me it was like mist, and I, you know, I believe you're, it. Look, you're joking, but I was about to make that <laughs> comparison, and I was like, "How many people remember the game that kicked off CD-ROMs in computers?" Ooh, I remember when Mist came out, and I was not that old, so it's pretty old. <laughs> uh, all I remember about Mist is that, uh, and I played it through like eight times. <laughs> they had a guide. Because you used to buy manuals for games because you couldn't understand them and the internet didn't yep. exist. But it was a narrative. It walked through the game in, like, first person as a story of how this guy solved the puzzle. Wild. Weird. So it was a walkthrough. It was super good. I remember being very invested in Where's this my Sigma ga- man's Where's story. my Sigma Games Guide to House of X and Powers of 
10. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like F- I need it. Every week on DavidFiles.com, <laughs> written by Chris and our friend Robert Secundus. If you're not you wrong, you just have to wait a few wrong. days. <laughs> yeah, just, just two entire days. It was a lot of work, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> it read like it was a lot of work, and I was like, oh, I'm exhausted from reading this. It was very engaging, but I was also exhausted for you on your behalf. Thank you. Well, and I got to thank you for doing that because um, I think I might be the only person here who didn't like this book that much. Mm-hmm. Like, Please go on. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I just want to be clear. This is a very well-crafted comic book. It's very well-written. The art is absolutely gorgeous. But one of the things that I kept thinking about was if I took Pepe Larraz off this book and put another artist here, someone who was just kind of like, eh, I don't really know that this single issue was, I don't know. Like I almost want to stop and wait for the trade and read it all at once. I'm not going to do that. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm too impatient, but, yeah, um, that'd be wild. but you know, it's funny to me that um, I, I think Dan and Charlie have both mentioned that they haven't read certain um, runs of, of Hickman's stuff in the past, but for me, some of this kind of felt like greatest hits album. Like I, I think when I read it, I described it on Twitter as so aggressively new that it was just like punching me in the face with it. Like I wanted it. I want the book to like calm down a little bit in, in terms of info dump. Um, but it also in just like stewing over it, um, you know, over the last couple of days, it, it just feels a little bit like he's going back and doing things like the time jump, um, like going now we're going to go into the future in powers of X and we're going to work our way backwards. Um, we have a, you know, a situation where we have like an ex Nihilo type situation where he's a gardener and he's creating these things. He's there's a new language and all of this is kind of recontextualized here because it's X-Men. Um, but you know, the Fantastic Four are here. There's a Franklin Richards reference here. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I, as I'm, I'm thinking about it, like, I'm just, I want, I, I know it's kind of crazy to say this, but, like, I, I want this to be a little bit broader because my takeaway for this issue right now is Professor Xavier or whoever it is that's under this helmet created plant people, and I'm reading a comic book about plant people, and I don't necessarily buy anything that's happening right now. Um, I'm just convinced that Jonathan Hickman is like completely trying to pull one over on me and and the world. So I just don't trust him, and I, I don't know if I like this book. That's fair. Okay, okay. Here's what I'll say, Adam. Yeah. I think every one of your points is completely valid and not necessarily wrong. I just had the opposite take. Okay. All right. Like I was talking to someone online this week saying that, look, I think Jonathan Hickman has like seven total ideas Mm. (laughs) across all of his comics. (laughs) He just happens to do them all incredibly well. Like he is an expert at all those ideas. So even though I could point out almost scene for scene, oh, I've seen this before by this writer here and here. You know, I could probably pull two examples for everything. I kind of loved it. Like, I was still engaged. And part of that is Pepe Larraz's fantastic artwork. Mm 
And part of it's because you give me an X-Men story that I can talk about at length for several days, and I'm going to be happy. Uh, that's just who I am, and that's the curse that I have to live with. <laughs> but I was I was engaged by this comic, and I feel like a lot of this is like gamesmanship. It's saying, hey, look, here's all of these elements that might be familiar, might not be familiar. This is where we're going to start. It's different for the X-Men. And now let's see where this goes. Like, we've got we've got one issue of this book out. And it's a big issue. And it has to set up a lot. But it kept me hooked in. It kept me engaged during it. And that's what a comic needs to do. It's, as long as a comic can make me continue to think about it for several days, it's doing a good job. Especially because I've read all of Exiles in the last, like, week. Oh, so and have sorry. not thought about it. Rip. As much as I have that one issue Oof. of House of X. It's yeah. kind of interesting in what it didn't do. Um, like, so, I, it's assumed that we're going to talk spoilers, right? Can can we just... Christ, talk we, spoilers, yes. Okay. Have we not already <laughs> talked spoilers? <laughs> okay, we depending, probably have. Depending, and I'll go into this and Chris is over. Depending on how you contextualize the first part of the book, it changes the entire read. But go on, Chris. Um... It's interesting in that, so there, there's things in this book like Esme and Sophie are the cuckoos that you see, and it, no one ever addresses the fact that they've been dead for 10 years or whatever. Yep. Right. Thing, things like that that just kind of like plop down uh, and just are like, you just got to go with this. Cyclops has two eyes again. Uh, two Zorns. Well, we don't know that. I think really? he does. <laughs> I don't disagree, but we don't know for sure. True. We have not seen this Banshee, yet. not a zombie, also alive. Yes. Yeah. Also, that's not Cyclops. I'm going to get there. I'm, All right. I'm, well, y'all are wrong, but I want to hear you I'm keep There's there. no way that's Cyclops, because Cyclops is clearly I, born out of a pod in the beginning of this issue. Cyclops. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me, the rest of the 05. let me go. Let me go. I'm going to yeah. go. Tip go. Me. Go. Okay. Tara. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. What? Is Chris is Chris done with his good yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I've got so many good thoughts, but it's it's good. It's good. Okay, Charlie, please continue with your very good okay. thoughts. Okay. I have, <laughs> to no surprise to maybe anybody here, especially not Zach, I've known about the first ten pages of this book for a while. <laughs> um, I, you know, working in, in comics journalism, you are privy to certain things. And Adam, I would be right there along with you with this because it's where I was before I thought about it a little bit more about how, man, why are we are, like, what happened to the X-Men? Why are they being reborn from these pods? Are they being, re- being reborn from the pods? Did Charles Xavier just stick them in there and say you gotta get sticky for a while and then you come out? I don't know. Um, like the X-Men weren't done and <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You put the cake You need more in, goop. And it, yeah, and it didn't come out clean so you gotta bake it for a while ah uh, uh, nuts or cyclops is important enough we gotta put it <laughs> in the oven for 50 20 minutes he only had one eye <laughs> he did he, and it didn't quite heal up throw that eye back could you stop sticking toothpicks in this man <laughs> <laughs> just leave him alone <laughs> but but depending on who you think is in the beginning of those panels and I'm just be honest know nothing about Vulcan never wanted to know nothing about Vulcan but I guess I gotta know um, but, you know, somebody who's got a keen eye for these things, like, oh, I thought that was Vulcan and Rain coming out of mm-hmm. those pods. And I was like, if that's correct, and it's only dead X-Men being reborn, that 
absolutely takes away any thought I had about them being plant people. Just it just pulls it away. It just okay. Can I go, say something, go for please? It. Y'all are way overthinking this. This is a Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve situation, and who are the Adam and Eve of the X Men? They are Cyclops and Jean Grey. That's like I know who Hickman's not. Who were that not dead confusing. at the end of Uncanny? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 Are we getting into wild theories time? Let's do this, man. We're talking about <laughs> the entire cast being plant people. We can do this. We'll do I, this now. We'll do this now. So we can. We'll do this now. I I would like to I would like to lead off. Okay. Because I feel like out of all of us, I've been theorizing wildly and inaccurately about these books for, gosh, too yes. long. I mean, the X Men did go to Mars. Yeah, the X Men did go to Mars. Thank you, Dan, for bringing that point up because it was. I, I mean, at least incredibly armor validating. <laughs> what a yes. wild joke that I made that somehow was right. Those red skies gave How it away. <laughs> People took it so seriously too. I was goofing the entire time when I said the X Men are going to Mars. Okay, I was like half goofing. Yeah. Now you've become too powerful. I was we like, have to. We have to stop. We, we got to rein that in. <laughs> Again, I I am literally a sentient organic computer virus uh, running through Krakoa, if I am reading those pages correctly. So, that's not the theory. It would be the weirdest, most meta thing, and it would only be a joke for me if that was true. Either that or it would be Hickman just dragging me for 12 issues. Okay, don't think that's happening. What I do think is happening is that... And I believe, Charlie, you and I were theorizing about this previously. I think Charles Xavier is creating Pod People X-Men. I don't think those are the characters that are starring in the X-Books of Dawn of X. No, I agree with that 100%. Okay. I, I think that this is some sort of idealized, you know, to me, my X-Men. This is These are the X-Men as... This weird, twisted Charles Xavier views them and says, no, this is right. These are my X-Men. And his dream is going to have to fight with the mutant dream of everyone else who's probably alive in some stasis chamber or in a Krakoa black hole tumor or whatever it is. And they're going to fight. And then they're going to be like, well, dang, guys, we got this island nation. What are we going to do with it now? My that we were we were definitely were talking about that because I was like you know what if like the real X Men are just plugged into the Matrix right now like somewhere in Krakoa and like these clone bodies are just like accessing their memories somehow through the net, neural network that's there that's my also my wild theory <laughs> except for here's the thing I don't think most of the X Men are fake I think like Cipher and Sage real. absolutely and Magneto. Like, why would Magneto not be like, oh, dang, we're doing this now? On it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Mutant supremacy. Yeah, Let's you're do not this, wrong. People. Mutant and proud. So, anyone we, else? Everyone else? Should I throw one out there? <laughs> we do think that the new mutants that are making up the book, the new mutants, are mostly plant people, though, right? No. no. I don't. No. Oh. Being reborn, I think, like, coming back from the dead. Like, there's so many, like, listen, I'm all for, like, those characters coming back. Like, um, I love Matthew Rosenberg. And he was just Mm -hmm. swinging for the fences. He was just, you know, that's what he was doing because he could. Um, 
do I... Maddie Rose knew that there was exactly. a reset button coming. He was like, okay, let's, let's just, just do this let's thing. Just, For let's right just or wrong. It. There were some like, challenges. And, yes, but. there were. And, like, Matthew killed almost every single one of his favorite characters. Um, which, I'm sorry, Matthew. I don't know why you did that to yourself. Um, but... What a wild yeah, It's super wild. Um, but I think that is a potential way for characters to come back and if they're reborn like and they have the memories that they had and they're in a new body i guess what difference does it make if they are from a plant <laughs> it's not like it's not like any of the new mutants are in their original anyway you're, anyway you're not wrong <laughs> i mean i will say but like go heading toward the end of rosenberg's run like, I developed this whole theory, oh, he's just thinning the herd for Hickman. He's doing Hickman's dark bidding. And then I saw the Darn- Dawn of X announcements, and I was like, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Death is meaningless. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who else, who else has very good theories? I want to hear them. I want to hear the wildest theories you have. Mm. Um, the X-Men are actually on the moon. Actually, they can't be though, because because they did a Krakoa portal to the moon, so that doesn't make sense. They also did a cra- they also built a Krakoa house on Mars. Yep. They can just have multiple houses. Oh, I know they've like conquered the universe. I don't know. I just don't believe that any of this is happening. And that's valid. That's super valid. Yeah. That is also a wild theory, I... but also super valid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very suspicious. I'm very suspicious. Yeah. I don't know. He said at SDCC that were did I put too many C's there? That <laughs> that he's that we shouldn't trust him. He said it we've been lying to you. And I don't know if that's just because of the promo stuff or whether the books themselves are lying to me, but like I don't trust him. I think I'm saying this too many times. It's fine. You sound you don't you don't really you sound paranoid but you don't sound paranoid. <laughs> I feel time. like I need look, a tinfoil hat at this point. Like I look, if, sound if this a little issue nuts. doesn't make you suspicious. <laughs> you're, you're Alex Jones stuff in this shit. And things. <laughs> I'm I'm suspicious of stuff and things. I don't think they're pod people though. I think that's too easy. <laughs> I also realized like I literally realized this week because Scott read super wrong to me. Like he just read as super yep, off to me. Exactly. And but but oh, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Time. Here's the thing. But he didn't to people that also really love the books. And he didn't to read and like he didn't to you guys like some of you guys, but he read super wrong to me. And then I was like, Okay, I gotta think about this some more and I'm like, I don't I've I started with the Bendis books. I've read a little bit back and but I haven't. I haven't read to that extent. And I'm just like, I just maybe don't think I know a Scott that doesn't, like, have one foot in a grave and wants to, like, just be done. I don't think I know that Scott. So maybe that's why he read wrong to me, you know? Hmm. To me, was it, it, to me as... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go oh, ahead. I, I, uh, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, it was Dan. It was Dan. Or was it <laughs> so, Dan? I'm sorry. Y'all sound the same to me. I mean, in, in this Arch. environment, in this status quo for the X-Men where they've, you know grown mutant nation number four and they're actually making it work this time or at least you know within the time frame of this book i mean there's no reason for scott not to have that swagger like i i kept i kept saying about the you know the line about oh and tell franklin whenever he's ready to come to the island he'll have family there waiting for him i mean that was the sickest burn since pyro contracted the legacy virus (laughs) 
Oh. You know, in, in a in a reality where mutants have the upper hand, why wouldn't Scott be like that? I guess that's true. Um, but I also feel like Charlie's on the right track there. You know, like, even if you go back to X-Factor era uh, Cyclops, you know, it, it's still much more soap opera-y than that. And maybe a, a part of this is just getting used to how Hickman wants to write these characters um, and what his approach is going to be in terms of what their dynamics are. I mean, seeing even just a corner of Wolverine on the ground playing with small children with a giant smile on his face makes me go, huh? Um, and That I was suspicious of, yes. Like, <laughs> that I thought was beautiful in Hickman's <laughs> character because Wolverine cares about children. We know he cares That's about like... children, but like playing with young children on the ground, rolling around with them, like... Having a tickle fight or uh, yes, something? Yes, yes. Okay, Chris, Chris, I need you to back me up on this one because you're the Waxum boy. The Waxum? Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's such he's such a dad. Yeah, this is this is the this is the uh, like evolution of school teacher Wolverine, the Wolverine who at the end of the Jason Aaron run, his like achievement was realizing as he's looking out at his window at graduation. After having a long day, he looks down and says, huh, I didn't pop him once. <laughs> okay. And he smiles because he did a good without having to murder people. He didn't even have to use his AK. Today was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Bless you, Chris Edelman. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. He was invoking Ice Cube. Thank you. Lakers yeah. beat the Supersonics. <laughs> But uh, I found Cyclops to be really in character because Cyclops seems like that guy that you want at the party for when someone calls the cops on a a noise complaint and the rest of you are just completely hammered. And he's like, don't worry, guys, I got this. And basically, like, Mystique, Sabretooth, and Toad were, like, the equivalent of incredibly hammered. And he's like, well, Fantastic Four, let's maybe just just have a chat, like – Ben, here you got married, good times, good times. I'm just going to take these guys, take them off your hands. <laughs> Don't worry. I Muscle right. talk, brethren. I you know, I know. I know. I'm 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 trying here too. I'm trying to be the good guy. And I feel like that's just that that was that was very Cyclops, but it's weird in that we immediately like it, it seems in character for an for a time period of Cyclops. I Yeah. Does yes. not necessarily seem feels... in character for Cyclops from 2 weeks ago. Yeah. It feels very much to me, if I had to pinpoint it, 2004 era Whedon Astonishing X-Men Cyclops, where he Uh, is the leader of, like, the mutant kind, but not directly under a significant threat of extinction slash trying to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's that Cyclops. It's, I got a bit of swagger, I know how to handle this situation, but I'm also, like... The affable, it's nice. So, hey, one. Pete, how's your day going? <laughs> like Cyclops. It's exactly that. <laughs> I tell you, I'm having a one heck of a day here. You would not believe the day I'm having. Yeah, right. you got a point. You, you, you have a point. I, like I said, I think it's just because, like, I've read, like, I came in during Bendis. Like, like Scott had just killed Charles. Like, like that beat of Scott's character was just starting at that point. And like I, mm-hmm. and everyone had seen him fall to that point, but for me that was like, yeah, of course Scott's gonna say fuck the police, like you know, and he's gonna be like, yeah, Charles was 
a bad influence on me. And so a return to this particular moment seemed jarring, um, even without the context of Uncanny, like two weeks ago. But Well, all of this, all of this is jarring. I think that it's very, there's very few times in continuity that we've had such a shift. You know, people keep comparing this to the Morrison era, but while Morrison was shocking right off the bat with new X-Men, he was still stemming out directly out of continuity in a lot of ways. He was doing tricky things, but they were still in line with what was happening previous, even if what was happening previously was probably not very well written. You know what I mean? Like where Labdell was before we get into Morrison. Um, I, I think this is incredibly jarring because it almost seems as if Hickman is ignoring about like 15 years worth of continuity and just saying, here are my here are my picks for the eras of these characters that I like. Let's put them in my favorite versions of their costumes and let's let's do this my way without really any consideration for what's happened in between. And I'm gonna do a time jump so that I don't have to worry about that. And Okay, can there's no way that I that's tell the you case. The reason why- but <laughs> it feels that way. Can I tell you the reason why I disagree? And I think this will flow really well into the next portion of our uh, discussion. Mm. Baby Cable is in two books. <laughs> yeah. In Donna That's true. And look, if if my name is Jonathan Tyler Hickman, <laughs> I'm going to... That's the first thing on my list. It's like, oh, no, get rid of this. Give me, give me old dad Cable with his very large guns and a baby strapped to his chest. Yeah. Don't give me this 20-year-old dirtbag. <laughs> oh. So I, I, I respectfully disagree with the fact that he's throwing away all of that stuff. I think he's making a statement to start mm-hmm. out. But he I don't think he's I don't think he's tearing down everything that happened before. I think he's saying, hey, this is this I and I bet when powers of ten come out, you know, Wednesday or whatever, as we're recording this. Those are going to be some shocking books. Those are going to be, hey, this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. But I do think the rest of that stuff is going to flow back into it because X-Men is nothing to for for good or for ill. It's nothing but cyclical and incestual when it comes to the stories and the characters and everything. It has like the shortest continuity of like major comic book franchises. And yet it probably has the most confusing continuity for a big reason because everything is so self-referential so i i doubt that that's gone forever that might be gone for like a month (laughs) well it's gonna be interesting to see because this um these 12 issues are gonna kind of fly by yeah certainly are and uh charlie you wanted to talk about some dawn of x stuff right i did um quick lightning round before we do that uh everybody tell me what your favorite scene in the book was so we'll go for Dan first. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna stick with that Cyclops burn on the Richardses, <laughs> telling them you know we'll take Franklin off your hands. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, that was when, whenever he's re- ready to you know be with his mutant family. Ooh, yeah, family. That was Chris. Your uh, turn. Go. My favorite scene was when Magneto said, "But I know the truth. You are all wolves." It was very mm. good. That. 
Also, also good. Adam, I know you didn't enjoy it as much as everybody else, but favorite drawn thing, go, or, or otherwise. I'm, I'm, I'm going for the first two pages, man. The, the, the pod birth. I mean, it's just setting a tone for what this thing is. And I don't know what the heck it is, but I'm definitely on board for figuring it out. Got some honey. Got people covered in honey. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Hey, Zach, what's your favorite, what's your favorite part of the book? My favorite was how it ended with Magneto saying, we are your gods now, mm. or you have new gods now, or whatever it was. that It was you You have new gods now. It's very good with the context of where they're at, the context of Magneto as a character. Everything about it, it was fantastic. Also fantastic, my wife just brought me chicken Hell nuggets yeah. and a beer. Hell yeah. So I'm having a great Thank you, Zach's wife. Yeah. You, can say, you can say you're welcome. um favorite favorite part of the book i think it's when the cuckoos uh finally reveal their true catty ass nature um when they just start reading everybody's brain like oh that was great that that, was good that was that was like when that started like picking up speed i was like here we go um and it turns out they're all terrible yep (laughs) yeah um yeah so that was my favorite part, but I did want to talk about Don effects because I've been, um, I've not been dead for the past week, but you know, um, <laughs> close to it. Um, although I really wish I could, I really wish I could stop being like, Hey, there's one boy. Where's the other one? Um, when things launch, um, you've only got one boy. I only got one. You got a lost, got a lost boy. boy. Um, I, he's in I don't think he's going to be lost, but. Know. Who the mutant Peter Pan is. <laughs> but, um, so I did want to talk about Dawn of X because I think this year's SDCC for multiple reasons was just like, 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 pedal the metal, boy. like, unbelievable information um, mm-hmm. coming at us from all sides. Um, so I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to talk about what you guys thought about the announcement and what your like book you're looking forward to the most is um you don't y'all have y'all don't need to ask me um so excalibur i kind of knew that teeny and marcus toe were doing this book like a month ago when i figured Mm -hmm. it out um i also should have known when i communed spiritually with teeny howard at c2e2 um yeah i gotta i gotta tell you teeny you're not subtle when you're at cons and you walk over to jonathan hickman's table while i'm talking to him and you guys are like, whisper. oh, I got to talk to you about that thing. <laughs> I know technically it's not announced that I'm doing X yet. But I got to talk. Send me an email about that thing, Teeny. 15 winks, 15 winks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was 15 weeks from that. And then I'm not going to name his name his name. But there was an inker who was at the show who just kind of looked at me and said, you know, something might be coming. yeah i mean and i also just knew that if tini was writing a book there was absolutely like there was a negative chance that richter wouldn't be on it so um i'm winning i just got to see where the other half where the chips fall um uh miss leah williams told me that when uh tini told her the plans she had he she had for rick that she wanted to lay roses at her had her feet so i'm excited about it um <laughs> wow yeah i'm excited about it uh just gotta find that other boy um but yeah um dan how did you feel about all of this uh well man it was a lot um I think if I'm looking for the book I'm most curious about is probably uh, Hickman and Brisson's New Mutants. 
because that's way too many characters who just literally just died and also Mondo who I, mean, <laughs> I, I we talk about Mondo Was he dead? I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. 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 A, okay, a literal okay, play okay. person. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. <laughs> Mondo is a literal, well, he's an everything person. He's an absorbing <laughs> man, but most frequently with organic matter, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mondo died, and then it turned out that was a clone Mondo. That was a multiple man Mondo that Mondo made, and Mondo is just super evil and hanging out with Black Tom Cassidy, who is also a plant person. In a way. Which is why I think there are real plant people, because <laughs> we got a plant heavy lineup. <laughs> Mondo then disappeared from, like, 1999, up until Secret Empire, when he showed up for two panels in Cullen Bunn's X-Men Bulletin. Oh my god. I freaked out, because I, I, I love Generation oh, X. Cullen, Cullen Wood. Cullen, Cullen Bunn, I don't always love everything he writes, but I know the dude is passionate in the very same ways that I'm passionate. So he's probably the closest thing to, if I got to write X-Men, what it would look like. <laughs> Which is beautiful, except for he did Magneto incredibly well, and I could never write anything like that. That aside, now Mondo's back. Mon- Mondo's good. I'm excited. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I get that's, excited. that's okay. I, I appreciate the Essentially, trash teens. <laughs> trash teens are the one thing I care about so much. Give me some Mondo. Give me some Gold Balls. Give me some Glob Herman. Give me Beak. This is what I'm here for. Uh, those teens are not trash. They are all precious angels. Um... <laughs> They're precious garbage angels. <laughs> they are garbage pale kids, and I love them. Uh, so, yeah, New Mutants is the one I'm definitely most curious about. Uh, I would say the flagship X-Men title is is probably a number one on my list. It is weird that it didn't occur to me right away that the cover art was all summer zizzizzes and, and Uncle Logan. <laughs> and Logan and, and Scott's weird friend, Logan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's friend. <laughs> Scott's friend who comes to every hall. He's a friend from work. But we 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 don't we don't say anything. He's he's Scott's yeah. friend, and they're they're yep. just friends. So those are those are my picks. How about you, Chris? Um, I'm pretty excited about. Um, oh my god! Please edit this part out, but I can't remember the name of the one with the boat. <laughs> Marauders? Marauders. 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 Thank you. Uh, I'm pretty excited about Marauders because I like the idea of X-Men pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie and I were talking earlier this week how the ide- some of these ideas definitely seem like they were kind of bong-ripped. And, like, <laughs> X-Men pirates is such a bong-rip. I'm so yeah. excited about it. 69-year-old Gary Duggan sitting there <laughs> ripping. Just ripping on that bong. Like, got it, Johnny. Yeah. Pirates. A dark and gritty you reboot. Call Marauders, like yeah. that one team that no one cares about. <laughs> also, and don't tell me you care about the Marauders from Sinisters. They're all interchangeable bad guys. I've made fun. this and, joke and, before. But that's just the name, though, because yeah. it's just it's a dark and gritty reboot of Kitty's Fairy Tale. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> With all the elemental mutants for some reason. Yeah, but mm. not Rick. Fine. Not, not Rick. Good point. Like you've got a lightning caster, a fire caster, and an ice caster. Yeah, Why that's. That's a good lineup. I'm Wait, excited about that one. I like the idea of Emma Frost as a pirate, uh, and obviously Nightcrawler as a pirate. That's that's kind of a no-brainer, but that sounds really good. Um, he's not on that team. Gosh, I suck so bad at this. Okay. <laughs> just said that I know he's, he's not on it's any okay. team. It's okay. Yeah, no Nightcrawler I've been really yet. focused on the first issue of this comic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and oh, that's right, because he's on Excalibur, isn't he? No, he's not, no, he's not in a book. He's not, he's not anything. on anything. They didn't introduce him as a li- in a lineup yet. He's going to be on Marauders. He's going to show up later. They're going to pull him out of the ocean. It's wave two, baby. Wave, wave two. two. Yeah, wave we'll two. talk about wave two in a yeah. second. Uh, I guess I just assumed he was on there. Excalibur looks pretty good. My favorite complaint about Excalibur is there's not enough British people on this. And then <laughs> we go back man. and I'm like, well, so the original lineup of Excalibur had two. It was just Captain Britain and Megan who are from who are from the UK. And everybody else was not. Okay. And so now there's only one. So I guess there's a lot. There's there's fifty percent less. But <laughs> hold on. Can we can we can we do an Excalibur rant for a sure. second? Sure. Go on. Okay. Excalibur Volume One. You're absolutely right. In fact, by the end of that book, like Captain Britain and Megan are at one point written out of Excalibur. So there are no. Went off British, the rails, uh, really, folks. didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure did. Oh, it gets it gets wild for a little bit. Volume 2, which I just found out about last week while Adam and I were recording a different podcast, uh, is 100% UK. Well, that's good. It's just all these people were... Mostly Captain Britain's. Uh, Volume Volume 3? Volume (laughs) 3. Literally no one from the United Kingdom or even Ireland. Yeah. That's the one that's not even said though. Nobody from the British Isles. No. No. It's set in Genosha. Sounds uh, uh, sounds uh, sounds fake, but okay. Um, it sounds very fake. <laughs> it, it, it's a hundred percent real. It's, it's a Chris good. Claremont comic. Oops. Number four, the new Excalibur finally gets Captain Britain and Pete Wisdom in it, and then Nightcrawler's weird daughter is in it, and Juggernaut and Dazzler. That's still only two British people. I'm just saying, I don't think it's that different. No, it's it, not. It's not. It's not. People are People being, are just being the way that people are. People are being people. I think they just have these memories of more British people being on it. They're, they're Mandela'd with their, with their British. <laughs> they have the Mandela effect. <laughs> I swear that the original. situation. Yeah, very severe situation. Yeah, I am. I swear there were six British people. I, I am extremely fascinated what mutant magic is. Um uh, mm. that that concept is like no 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 not not mutants doing magic, magic mutant, mutant magic. magic. And I'm I was like, like uh yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking back, I'm like how absolutely a thousand percent done with magic Richter was in New, New Mutants Dead Souls, and I'm like, if that asshole's got magic now, he's just gonna fucking freak out. Um but <laughs> uh it's gonna be great no matter what. So <laughs> yes. I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, I'm also really excited about X-Force, and I know that it is, it is like, I'm sure your sales got really deflated with the X-Force announcement, Charlie. But because of how different and weird it is, like, Jean Grey is on X-Force, I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot. I knew we wouldn't see the OG team again, just because I knew we wouldn't. We just had them. Um, but I'm really excited about, like, Rick and probably Star just moving away into another 100% different concept. Like, I think that's going to be great for them. Like, yeah. so, yeah. Adam, you're up. Um, all right, well, just a quick aside. Um, I was reading the live tweet from Adventures in Poor Taste as I was sitting at a, a <laughs> at a pool party slash barbecue <laughs> at a friend's house, and... None of these people are into comic books whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm over on the side, h- hiding my phone with my hat, trying to just kind of like see what's going on and pretending not to freak out. Because 
every single one of these reveals was like absolutely insane for different reasons so um i think that the, the like the concept that is probably the best one right off the bat is probably marauders um i just love the lineup and i think it's it's a really cool concept um but there are some other things that i am really excited about uh the fact that excalibur has this insane lineup of rogue jubilee richter um psylocke is the new captain britain and apocalypse as a team member that's pretty amazing um x-force is reuniting my one and only ship and uh zach i know you're on board with this as well colossus and domino colossus and domino are back together on a team with quentin choir (laughs) (laughs) this is great um I, I would say at the time of the announcements, the one thing that like was a big disappointment to me was the reveal of Fallen Angels, if only because I was expecting that to be the sort of like random wild card. Who are who are these people on this team? And the fact that it's just made up of X twenty three, Quanon, and uh, Dial Up is um, <laughs> it's thank it's you, a Adam. Choice. We hate one um, small however, boy. I am very optimistic that that is going to be still the book that I am most likely to see Bill the Lobster. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on board. And I'm also very excited about this New Mutants lineup. Um, I just love the idea that it's Gen X and New Mutants squashed together in sort of this weird format, maybe hunting for Sam. Um, I just think that that's fun. Uh, I know that everybody was really pumped about the uh, the X-Men lineup of it being sort of like the Summers family. And I, I'm not as excited about that. I just I really hope that Boo. Rachel gets her due on that book. Um, that That's all I want out of that. Well, Zach, how about you? I don't know. I think Chris was going to say. Oh, yeah. Sorry, real Chris, real quick. I. No, I've I said many words. Chris I thought the X Men lineup was not actually just specifically them. I thought it's it was going to be like, rotating. Yeah, right. It's That's just giant cast, right? Right. It's supposed to be everyone. Yeah. You, you, and me, we're on that team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but Hickman said that specifically. He said that like it's going to be a rotating cast, and like I'm really interested in how like from multiple things he says. And Mr. Hickman, you got an ego the size of a fucking. I don't even know. It's too big. It's way too big. Um, um, not normal. Um, but he says all the right things in these interviews, and it pisses me off. Um, anyway. Like, like I'll, I'll start holding it against him when he starts proving himself wrong, if I'm going to be honest. But he keeps talking about how there's, like, why would we bring new characters, like, make new characters? There's, like, hundreds of characters that aren't being serviced the right way that make people happy. Like, we need to be using them. Like, I'm very interested to see how a line that has historically had so much problems with so many mutant characters, they had to get rid of some. Mm-hmm. Um, how that's going to work now, suddenly, in this new bright future. Because um, I'm all for it. Like, I'm super here for characters that never really got to be X-Men and were always B and C listers being X-Men now. I'm here for it. Well, I just want to point out a couple of the characters that were supposedly all on the team. Now, whether this is some SDCC crap, I don't know. But Lifeguard is on this uh, screen. Um, Okay. Shark Girl (laughs) is on this screen. Shark Girl rules. Uh, 
Eh. Gold balls? Uh, Matt. Maggot is here. Gold balls is here. Pete Wisdom is Those here. Are my children, uh, boy. You know, Gabby is here. Ernst is here. Like this is a really interesting group, and it just—I—I I think that that's indicative of the fact that all of these are not necessarily like strict lineups. They're talking about these as casts, quote unquote, and I'm really excited to see how they shuffle them. You know, I think the deck is going to get very interesting, and the fact that. There's something that is sort of unspoken here that is equally um, should either be reassuring to you or terrifying to you. And that is the quote where he said that he's got four decades worth of ideas. And I'm just curious how much of a reign they really are looking for for this guy, because that's over double a Claremont. So what are we talking about here? And <laughs> there's no way they're going to give one person creative control over the biggest franchise uh, for four decades. But it does show that unless unless, unless there's <laughs> unless there's a vision there. That's that stupid I meme. Just, yeah. Unless. Unless. <laughs> unless. It's so good. Oh. All right. So I haven't gotten a chance to talk about the books I'm excited Go for it. about, and I think that's Go for it. Go ahead. Because uh, I have no platform for this of my own. Uh, but no, uh, so I I was excited about this lineup. I think from a writing standpoint, it's fantastic. I'm a little disappointed from an art standpoint. I feel like I don't think there's a bad artist in the bunch. I think these are all very safe choices. And I would have liked to see a little more of a wild selection on some of mm-hmm. these. Because you got X-Men with... Uh, with uh, Daddy Hicks and Lenio Francis Yu. And Yu's great, but Yu's been drawing X-Men for 20-plus years now. Mm-hmm. He's great, and he's doing real... Or was doing good work on Captain America. But I kind of wanted to see someone else. Well, and he's also... He's also somebody that they pull out for events and doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. finish the run. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I the mean, way he's, he works. This, he's good for so, a first arc. You is going to be arc yeah. one. He's good for like, yes. I, I've accepted that. Yeah, and I think that's important to note, is that if we're talking in terms of waves, I, I don't know exactly what this format is going to be. Are we talking about all these books being ongoing? Are we talking about some of them being sort of like a year long, and then we're moving on to a second wave? Uh, are we just growing the franchise so that it's like 12 books? I, I don't know what to expect yet. Okay, so one thing on that, and I, I think I think we have bad memory. This is, even with six books, if these are all uh, just monthly books, which based on the first round of solicits, they are going to be, or they might mm-hmm. be. I guess it's a little late in the month uh, when these books come out for, uh, uh, you know, two or bi-monthly books. But if these are just monthly, this is the smallest the X-Men line has been since I can't even early 90s this would be smaller than what they were doing right after Secret yeah. Wars Yep. so it's going to be yeah. interesting uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing I'd rather have 6 really good focused books than 12 books that are kind of all over the place and like 2 of them are great because uh, I'm excited about all these books. You got Marauders with Gary Duggan, who is who has done great work on Deadpool and Uncanny Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, with Matteo Lully, who is a solid artist, if not one of like the most flashy. Uh, on that book, uh, you've got 
uh, Ben Percy in Joshua Kassara on uh, X-Force. And Kassara's stuff that I've seen so far looks great. And Percy, while I haven't followed most of his comics direct stuff because he's been doing mostly at DC, uh, he's done two things that have really stuck out to me. One, he did a moonshot or Moon Knight like one-shot story in Marvel Comics Presents that was fantastic. It was a, just a fabulous Moon Knight story, and I'm a huge Moon Knight fan, so that worked out for me. He's also the writer of Wolverine, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the yep. long night. Which is better than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's talent here. I'm excited. There's a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what he does. You got Teeny, who's fabulous, uh, yeah. uh, with uh, uh, Marcus Toe, who's been one of the highlights of the X-Men line. Like, quietly, Marcus Toe has been, like, showing people, oh, I'm very good at art. You guys aren't paying enough attention. He's like R.B. Silva was during X-Men Gold. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's like, I'm about to blow up. I'm not there yet, but give me a second. Rod Rice on New Mutants is fantastic. Uh, he's got, he can do like a Bill Sienkiewicz-ish vibe with those messy Chambers inks. face on that cover. I keep thinking about it because it's so good. Uh. Yeah, everything on that cover is fantastic. And I like Hickman. And Brisson's done his best work on team yes. books. Mm-hmm. Uh like his glob Herman and everything he did in uh, Next Gen have been my favorite things he's written. Uh, so I'm excited to see him take over this team. And Fallen Angels is a weird one. I think yeah. you're right. Brian Edward Hill's done great stuff, especially with uh, like the Killmonger series that he did recently was great. Uh, Sismon Kurdansky has been doing stuff with Punisher, uh, with, uh, you know, Matty Rose. Mm-hmm. That's been pretty solid. Like, I've liked his work. I think it'll work for this book. And then when Bill the Lobster does show up, it's going to be... (laughs) He's coming. He's coming, guys. Wave two. But what I... One thing... One thing that I think is important is what they announced about wave two, because they didn't need to say No, they didn't, but they did. They didn't. They told us that Leah Williams and Vita Ayala, who have been some of the highlights of X-Men in the last little bit with their work, uh, in the uh, in the Age of X Man series, they're going to be writing, and they didn't have to say nothing about those two. No, and they did, yeah. and I'm so excited to see what comes after this. It just tells me that they they aren't just throwing everything out in this first wave. They've held some stuff back. They've held back Nightcrawler. They've held back like Angel. They've held back a few cards that they really want to play. Shatterstar. And they're saying... Hey, thank... Yeah, Shatterstar. thank, thank you. Thank you. No, I'm I think sorry, did you did saying... you mention Archangel, who uh, had his first appearance in X-Men number three? <laughs> the promotional appearance? <laughs> Look! And we don't know if that's actually a mistake. Exactly. Or I want to think that's purposeful. If we're going to get X Men 2.5, we're after they hung out with the Vanisher, uh. but before they hung out with Blob, Angel was replaced. Oh goodness. We don't know. He was the original some... plant person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angel's been a, pl- a plant. This Guys, whole time. if we just solved it on this podcast, I'm so excited. <laughs> there are clues everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> it's just an ARG. Jesus. God help us. Um, oh, Krakoa, yeah, please. God help us. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that I think that every single one of these books was had something in it that you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And that's great. 
Like, that's what we need. People want to complain, and that's what they do, but whatever. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I was, I'm very excited at the prospect of Excalibur being two couples if Shatterstar shows up bothering Betsy. I think that's good. Um, but, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hewing closer and liking the, I had my doubts. Chris and Zach were at C2E2, and I was like, man, I don't know about all this. Um, yeah. Yeah, you were you were a worry wart during that. I was just, I decided to go into full-on hype yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah. I, it was when Pepe Larraz told me that, oh, no, what I'm working on, wink, wink, is the coolest yeah, that, thing. And I'm that, so excited. It's the best thing I've done. That helps play me, too, because he, he was, like, palpably excited while he was talking to us. Pepe Larraz was like a little giddy yeah. kid who was so excited to say, I can't show you all of the fun stuff I'm drawing, but it's real good, yeah. guys. And if you look at if you look at the inks in the director's cut that came digitally with the comic, uh yeah, I buy it. His inks are gorgeous. Yeah. It helps when you like what you draw. Um, absolutely a hundred percent. Um, and you can see that. And like I said, I was I was worried because I, I like the voices of the the characters that we've had for a while now like ever since like dead souls started i knew that i knew that i could trust the people that were writing the books to write the characters i cared about very well and i think that's really what i was scared about for the most part but now i know who's going to be handling them and i'm not scared anymore and jonathan hickman doesn't scare me he he looks like billy ray cyrus <laughs> so he doesn't scare me at all um but in any so this case this is old town road <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When are we getting the Hickman Old Town <laughs> Road remix? <laughs> we've, uh, we've got those pod people in the back. I got the pod people in the back seat. Back up in the front seat. Uh, oh, my God. Little, little Nas We're Xavier. We're so old. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you all. Um, I got one last question for you. It's kind of a casual way out of all of this. Um Pick one okay. C-list or B-list X-Men character that you'd want to have a drink with. Dan, go. Uh, give me give me Glob. He can't drink yet. He, he can't can drink Oh, shit, that's right. He's underage. Yeah. I don't care about that. Do you think Glob can drink? <laughs> no. He hung out with Mojo in X-Men Black. That's true. He did hang with Mojo. Yeah, but they just got coffee, though. He did. Yeah. Well, all right, all right I'm gonna change my answer to Adam X. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's you just you just went one eighty there, my man. That is one. I just want to get him to the monster. point where in person he gets fucked up enough to start banging the table and yelling, "Let's get fucking extreme." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably it might not take. It, actually, it might take longer. He is part Shi'ar, so he might have some weird body like chemical like resistances if he's got a healing factor. Thought about this too much. I'm bird sorry. metabolism, unless. Yeah. He's worse because he's part bird. Maybe. Mm. Those hollow bones. Birds can't hold their liquor. I've experimented on this. <laughs> what? Oh, no. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> As the son of an ornithologist, do not tell me. <laughs> Does this have to do with your chicken nuggets? What are you talking about? <laughs> They're beer infused. <laughs> yeah. Beer battered chicken nuggets. Chris, tell me, tell me which B-list or C-list X-Men would you love to have a drink with? Ah. Uh, I 
Is Ava Bell able to drink? I mean, probably now, right? Hasn't she aged several years? In Australia, she definitely is, and she's an Australian national. So. Well, she was old enough after the time jump in Uncanny, the annuals, to um, marry and have a kid before yeah. she came back. So I think, I think that's good. true. She could, probably good there. She could make the party last forever, man. That's uh, true. It's true. It's true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, jeez. I don't know. Uh, it's got to be like a C-lister. Like a really... A B or C-lister. B or a C-lister. Because that's um, the person I am. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Gomi. And he can bring the lobsters. <laughs> and uh, we could talk a little bit about fashion. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, Gomi's an Avenger now, right? So he's yes, got... but is he of age? A Gomi is an Avenger, yes. Yeah. Um, is he of age? That's a good question. Am I <laughs> buying him beer under the table? Here? That's not good. No. Lobster's probably of age. Yeah. I'm sticking with Gomi. Zach? See, this is a tough one because I have... I'm a very particular person about my drinking. Here's what happens. I don't want to go out and just get crazy. It'll end up that way, but let's not start with those intentions. Which knocks out guys like Richter. It knocks out, like, the fun guys. I also don't want to, like, casually sip wine throughout the night and talk about the economy. Uh, Which knocks out another half of the X-Men right there, because they are all upperclassers. But I honestly think, like, Sam Guthrie? That's a good choice. Cannibal, cannibal. Is Sam a C-lister? Samuel Zechariah. He's high, he's high a, he's B. A B-lister. He's a B, high B plus. Yeah, B plus. Look, me and Cannibal are both from Kentucky. Uh, we are we are both a little bit chill, but very excitable. We're both dads. I bet we could sit down, watch a sport, and talk about our lives while having a good cold one and have a real nice time doing it. And then we'll get into some shenanigans, but that'll be later. I am shocked that you did not just say maggot for the sheer... Why would I... Okay, no. (laughs) Wouldn't you want to just see what that was like (laughs) to have the digestive system hanging out and, like, doing the drinks? Maggot maggot hits on too many chicks. Like, I would be uncomfortable. Maggot's a a little player. And I'd be like, dude, dude, please, can we just, like, You're not comfortable with being maggot's wingman? One second. I don't want to be maggot's wingman. I'm so far out of the dating scene, Adam. I have no desire to be even close to that. The last time, the last time one of my friends was in the dating scene and we were at a bar, I found out that she was my third cousin. So I don't want to be involved. You are from Kentucky, aren't you? Oh. I'm not. We we all lived in Ohio and she's great. They're married now. They're real happy. Uh but yeah, I did find out that she was my third cousin, and that was uncomfortable. I wasn't trying to date her, but my friend was. This was a plot line on New Girl, I think. <laughs> it was, but Jess was trying to date uh, Kumo from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh my god! Wow. Well, uh, thank. This has been enlightening. Um, <laughs> Charlie, who are you drinking oh, with? M G. You had to ask me that question. Um, no, I know. You had to I know. ask it. You did, I did this, this to, to myself. I mean, Star loves pina coladas, and I like those too. So we could just hang out. Hey. How does Star feel about getting caught in the rain, though? 
probably, you know, is actually okay with it and knows that song by heart, I'm sure. So, you know, I think he loves sugary drinks. I think he can drink anybody else under the table because he's got a healing factor. So he's just the guy in the bar that's like drinking too many pina coladas and is still not drunk. <laughs> Again, though, he is also part bird. So how does that play into his tolerance? <laughs> He just has hollow bones. He has hollow doesn't bones. Make, <laughs> yes, like a mean bird. He's part bird. They just noodled around in there for a yes. while. He chews up his food and spits it out for his young. <laughs> no. That's what no. he does, right? No. Stop. I can cancel you and I will stop. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone too far. I'll just cut Zach out of the podcast. He goes to Florida every winter. <laughs> Florida's not too bad. It does have the world's largest orange. Like, you can visit it. And he'd. I drove on a road today that, or this week that had like a sign that said "world's largest" and it was eight different things. <laughs> well, it's on I seventy. If y'all want to drive past it, it's I seventy is is quite the highway. Was it was in either Illinois or Indiana? I don't remember which. They are the they, same. What was practically was yeah. one of the largest things a giant hairball. No, I do believe rocking chair was on there. Chair. Rocking chair. Okay. Yeah, the world's largest orange, which is in Florida, and you can buy a t-shirt from the stand that says world's largest orange. He'd be super into that. So I'm But also doesn't into it go that. moldy? How is it not right? Yeah, how does it stay how does it stay? Like, it's just a structure that looks like right. an orange, my friends. It's not uh, a real orange. Uh, lies. I bought oranges today from the Kroger and they were all rotten. I was yeah, that's really not upset. An orange. That's, not... that's a building shaped like an orange. Listen. That's a fake orange for fakers. <laughs> it's that's been probably in, a good place to it's stop it's been enlightening thank you um no but thank you guys this has been really fun i wanted to talk to you all about this because um it's something we could probably continue on and talk about for much much longer um but in any case i'll plug myself before i you guys can't and actually know what you go first so same order you just tell me who you are and where people can find you all right. Uh, I guess we're starting with me again. Yes. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and also uh, check out my uh, writing podcast, uh, etc. Lots of comic stuff over at uh, WMQComics.com and at WMQComics on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, at Strictly Worse on Twitter for myself or my podcast, Chris's on Infinite Earths at Chris's Pod. And uh, uh, the Hawks, Pox, Talks on Powers of X number one should be hopefully out at the end of next week on exhibit of course <laughs> <laughs> uh you can listen to new episodes of battle of the atom every x-men monday um the all your anywhere you go to get a podcast but you can also um get them on xavierfiles.com um you can follow me on twitter at arthur stacy and new pages of bish and jubes the cross time conundrum which is the fifth and final issue of my X-Men webcomic, come out every X-Men Monday at adamrec.tumblr.com. Adam said all of my plugs. Please don't follow me. I'm bad. Zach's been trying to sabotage his social media accounts. Guys, you know how hard I'm working to just get everyone to unfollow me? It's the worst. Everyone loves my bad content. Uh, at Xavier Files on Twitter. Please don't follow me. <laughs> Uh, follow all these other people. They're great. Yeah, They're and Adam's, um, Adam has been making, uh, Adam has been single-handedly making any uh, Rickstar-related um, 
like bad thing that happened, he's making reparations for it and fish and chips. <laughs> um, so it's real good, and you should you should definitely read it and follow all my friends. As for me, I'm at Janetta Ghost on Twitter. Um, I put out a really in, a little thing today about your the x-men comic that came in on your year and your month of birth it blew up um i'm yeah bafma dasar's mad about it (laughs) what he wasn't born then he was born during the the missing times actually i'm gonna assume during the times when x-men was every other month the missing times the missing times the 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 hidden years (laughs) yeah in any case no, that's different. That's different. And that's a bad thing John Byrne did. We don't speak of John Byrne on this podcast. No, no, we don't. He does not like me. <laughs> we don't like him. We don't like him either. <laughs> Fine. He's good at art, but bad at human. A bad, he's a bad person. Um, just putting it out there. Gen- me, Genetic Ghost, I post about X-Men and other random stuff. I write for Dan's website. Um, I write for the Comics Beat. I... Write a bunch of garbage, and if you like it, that's cool. Um, if you don't, I don't care. Um, other than that, this has been Young Ones. You can find us at Young Ones Cast on Twitter. Maybe at some point we'll start episodes again. <laughs> some At some point <laughs> we'll do that when my co-hosts aren't as busy and run down as they are. Um, so, in any case, there's been no tagline for the, for the podcast, but someone else probably can think of one. Wait, before, 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 wait, I think I got a great yeah. tagline. I got one. Please listen to the most recent episode of Battle of the Atom when this comes out, because we're going to be interviewing Jordan White at the time, or maybe the next one. Who knows? You'll probably, if you enjoyed this bullshit, you'll enjoy yeah. that too. <laughs> uh, That's the tagline for every episode of your podcast from now on, <laughs> is a commercial for um, mine. I'm going to end this with the question that I did ask. This is going to be like the final Yahoo situation. I did really ask this question the other day. Um, do plants fuck? Fuck.